Welcome to the Scripture Study Project, a fresh and faithful study of the scriptures that will renew your excitement for your own personal study and help you passionately teach what you're learning to others. Oh, that was peppy. That was really good. I'm peppy. Krista <laughs> <laughs> just just today got back on an airplane and is going on like five hours of sleep in the last... Not... Okay, this isn't your normal sleep. You guys know how this feels. This is sitting up in an airplane sleep, which I don't know if it really counts. Not really. Not really. But we are here podcasting because we are excited about this. We are peppy. We are peppy. And I'm Krista, and you know Zach. And this is episode <laughs> 22, Alma chapter 5. Um, one of the big chapters in the Book of Mormon, one of our favorites and we're excited to record. In fact, we have a really good study tip. Are you ready for this? I don't know if this will work on my computer, but back when I went to seminary, my seminary teacher played. There were, used to be these soundtracks that went with the scriptures. So this was the soundtrack that went with the Book of Mormon, and it had this song in it. So if you went to seminary in the 90s or 2000s, this song will get stuck in your head. Here we go. Ready? Have you Hands in the air. Just wave them like you just don't care. <laughs> All right, that was cheesy. But our our study tip is actually to uh, listen. A couple of months ago, we had a study tip in one of our episodes that was to use your senses, and we talked about picturing the scriptures. Well, in this one, we want to talk about uh, listening. Whether that means listening to cheesy 80s music or probably a more reverent way to do it is uh, maybe there's some music that invites the spirit into your life. Um, a tabernacle choir or instrumental music or or some other kind of gospel spiritual music. Maybe it's listening to the scriptures. Uh, if you've hit a scripture rut and you feel like you're just reading and you can't quite break out of it, try listening to them. Um, there's a lot of uh, power that comes in hearing the word. So there's a power in listening to the scriptures. So and I think even re-emphasizing if you're reading a chapter and sometimes I'll go through and read and then after I'll listen to it, even on like the quick playback, mm-hmm, you know, yep. uh, multiple times throughout the day, just to kind of, you know, more thoughts come to your head. And So try it. Try it this week. Don't underestimate the power of listening. Rather, it's listening to music to put the, the mood, put you in the mood or to maybe help you meditate on the scriptures or listening to to the word. All right. I want to start this episode with a personal story. So Elder Jeffrey R. Holland came to our mission. Yeah, I was there. And uh, he said something at the beginning. Well, he did something at the beginning of his address uh, that I've heard he does whenever he goes and visits missionaries. And it's pretty common with many general authorities. He asked for all of the missionaries to line up. And he and I believe Sister Holland was there, wanted to shake each of our hands one by one. And I remember I was listening as he was talking to everyone. He said one thing to every person. I got two things. Um, When I got to him, he asked, Elder, where are you from? And I said, St. George, because I knew that's where he's from, or Southern Utah. He's from St. George. Uh, And he said, oh, that's nice. And then he looked at my tie and he said, Elder, that's a nice tie. And to this day, that's still my apostolically blessed tie, my favorite tie. But the part of the story that was most memorable to me was that after he had shaken everyone's hands, he stood up and began his remarks. And he said, in effect, 
The reason I asked to meet each of you one by one is I wanted to look into your eyes and see how you were doing. And then he said, many of you are doing just fine. Some of you are not. And I remember feeling, and I remember looking around and thinking everyone else was feeling the same thing. Oh, he's got to be talking about me. He just looked into my soul and he sees there my stress and my anxiety and my worry or my depression or my my companion issues, whatever it is. And that was kind of impactful to me. And, and everyone, you've had experiences. I mean, who hasn't had the experience of having your bishop walk up to you and say, how you doing? You go, good. And he goes, how you doing, really? And having that sense that he looks inside of you. And what that makes me think is this. When you go to the doctor, you get a physical heart check to check the, you know, you run on the treadmill, they check your pulse or they check your resting heart rate. All of it is to check the strength of your physical heart. The scriptures, however, talk a lot more about your spiritual heart. And so I've wondered in putting that story with Alma chapter five, is there such a thing as a spiritual heart? And if so, what is it? And how do we check it? How do you gauge the health of your spiritual heart? Well, in Alma chapter 5, I think he does something that helps us, I guess, gauge the health of our, of our spiritual heart. Um, he, at the end of chapter 4, uh, he leaves the chief judgeship to Nephiha and confines himself solely to preaching the word. The church in Zarahemla and some of the surrounding cities has gotten bad enough that he now wants to just be a missionary. And the first stop on his tour is the capital city of Zarahemla. And he gives them Alma chapter 5, this long and in-depth sermon, um, all centered around their spiritual heart. And what he's going to do is in chapter 5, he will ask them no fewer than 21, and there's probably more, I've combined some of them, but 21 different questions that invite his listeners and his readers, now us, to look inside at your heart and to ask some really kind of difficult questions. And so we wanted to read those questions to you and then just highlight a couple of, of ones that stood out to us and a couple of thoughts that we had on them. So so the questions were are pretty much in order. Some of them are a little bit paraphrased, but I'm not going to mention what verse each of them come from, but we're going to start in six and it goes all the way down through 30. So basically the whole chapter. Be a fun scripture study. You could probably do this better than we can do it on the podcast to just start in verse six and start highlighting questions. Yeah. But these are just the ones that we came up with. Yeah. And like we said, some of them are condensed, but here we go. Do you retain the memory of the delivery of your fathers? Have you spiritually been born of God? Have you received his image in your countenance? Have you received his image in your countenance? We're actually turning this into a soundtrack. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in our future. Have you experienced this mighty change in your heart? Do you exercise faith in the redemption of him who created you? Do you look forward to judgment? Can you imagine at judgment that the Lord will call your works righteous? Are you honest with the Lord? Is your memory free from guilt? Do you have a pure heart and clean hands? Can you imagine yourself being saved? Are your garments white and clean? 
Would you fit in with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of God? Do you feel to sing the song of redeeming love? Do you feel redeemed right now? Do you walk blameless before God? Are you humble? Have your garments been cleaned through the blood of the Lamb? Are you stripped of pride? Are you stripped of envy? Do you refrain from mocking others? You know, maybe what we could do is put a lot of these, put these questions, um, write them down and attach them in our show notes and maybe put them out on Instagram in a um, kind of a checklist or self-check format that if you're interested to go through them one by one and answer the questions. Or like we said, go through ahead on your own and underline, underline all those all the questions and answer them in your study. So I believe the idea is if you go through these questions slowly and deliberately and with honesty and self-candor, you can gauge or get a sense of the health of your spiritual heart. This will be a spiritually stretching activity, especially if you take the time to do it right. It is for me when I go through these questions. But what we wanted to do is go through just a couple of them. And as we were talking about this just barely, we noticed that Alma uses a lot of senses in his description of these questions. It's a very visceral, a very real, a very imaginative experience. And so we wanted to highlight some of the senses that he's drawing upon and maybe some of the questions that go with them. So the first sense that we looked at, this was you that found this one. Um, well, first, you know, the sensory experience that we talked about. These questions all have things to do with hear, mm-hmm. feel, washed. Imagine. Look. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all of these ways that you're um, evaluating yourself, which I think is really powerful, yeah. too. It's not just this these question and answer. It's not but, a multiple choice test. Yeah. But that feeling, and yeah, so the first one that we wanted to talk about was the very first question that was asked. Um, Here in verse 6, have you sufficiently retained in remembrance the captivity of your fathers? And we'll talk about this a lot. In fact, it was mentioned today in in our Sunday school class about how often we hear the word remember in the scriptures. Do you remember these things that you've learned, that you've heard from your fathers. And here it is again asking, do you remember what I did for your fathers? Mm -hmm. Um, He says in verse seven, behold, he changed their hearts. He awakened them out of a deep sleep. They were in the midst of darkness. Nevertheless, their souls were illuminated by the light of everlasting word. And I would maybe ask the question or maybe take the question further um, and apply it to yourself. We all go through periods or seasons of maybe a little bit of doubts mm-hmm. or just just a rut in our faith mm-hmm. or maybe a dark like he talked about here this darkness that you might feel but in those times do you remember the times that you didn't feel that way mm-hmm. can we remember and look back on the times that we have felt the light or that we felt awakened or that we felt stirrings in our heart and also not only looking at our own past experiences, but maybe looking back on on the fathers and maybe even at the prophets, the scriptures, these, these stories that we hear or these experiences that we hear from other people that can awaken us to a remembrance of, 
of what he's done. I was looking at that second question he asked in that verse 6. After he says, have you retained a remembrance of the captivity of your fathers? Right after he says, and have you sufficiently retained a remembrance his mercy and long suffering towards them? Mm-hmm. Moreover, have you sufficiently retained a remembrance that he has delivered their souls from hell? And as you were reading, I was thinking, this seems like scripture study and family history. So one gauge of your heart is, are you actively involved in remembering through study the stories of your fathers in family history? Are you turning your heart to your fathers Mm -hmm. by searching family history? And are you turning your heart to your forefathers through scripture study, your scriptural forefathers? I love the thought of that you're in faith and in life. Like we are really standing on the shoulders of Mm -hmm. these giants. And these things and experiences that they have had and experienced with God are things that we can build upon. You're reading... Remember them. You're reading that book, uh, a biography of Emma Smith right now, and that seems to have been your experience a lot, is your, your, um, I don't know, your estimation, your admiration of Emma and everything that she went through. And it's a great example of someone that was in darkness quite often, Yes. And yet felt delivered and felt And I think standing on the shoulders and one of the the revelations, I guess you could say, that I've got lately is to not forget. In fact, the word that I wrote down was consider history. Mm-hmm. When we're thinking of these things, consider history and not only consider, oh, that happened, but to an extent, maybe put yourself in the shoes of those people. Why did they do this? Why did they believe? That can be really powerful. Don't forget that power that comes from our memory. So another sense that Alma uses is the sense of sight. There's a lot of questions that deal with um, what you see and what you look for. So, for example, verse 14, from which the wonderful song comes, Um, I ask you, my brethren of the church, have you spiritually been born of God? Have you received his image in your countenance? Um, Which takes a lot of wrestling to get to what that means. Um, I found this quote, which is kind of one of those somewhat shocking quotes, but I really like it. This is Theodore M. Burton, who is an assistant to the Quorum of the Twelve in the mid-late 80s. And he says this, If we truly accept God in our lives and live in accordance with his commandments, God will work a mighty change in our appearance, and we will begin to appear more like our Heavenly Father, in whose image we have been created. There's there's this line that shows up quite often in the scriptures, that when we covenant ourselves with the Savior, that eventually when he appears, we will recognize him and he will recognize us because we have become like him. We will, in a sense, look like him. And the, the story that always comes to my mind in thinking about this is told by President Faust a couple of years ago in conference. Uh, he recounts when they were organizing and uh, setting up the BYU Jerusalem Center, one of the very strict guidelines by the Israeli government was that there be no active proselyting. You can have your school here, but you cannot proselyte Mormonism to the residents in Jerusalem, to which the church agreed so that they could have that building there. However, again, this is President Faust. He says this, To our knowledge, the church and BYU have scrupulously and honorably kept that non-proselyting commitment. After the lease had been signed, one of our friends insightfully remarked, Oh, we know that you're not going to proselyte, but what are you going to do about the light 
that is in their eyes. He was referring to our students who were studying in Israel. Have you received his image in your countenance? Do people look at you and think that you remind them of the Savior? Maybe not in your physical appearance, but in the light that shines in your life and the light that shines through your eyes. And I think this is a question that maybe I think that is a great a great example. But I almost, you know, as we've been talking about this, I don't know that there's necessarily an answer. What does that mean, really, mm-hmm. to receive that image? And I think that's a good ponder question to think, have I received his image in my countenance? And for me, what does that really look like? Um, what does that look like to receive his image? I, I just, that's a fascinating question. It's a really good one. Another sense that Alma uses is a sense of hearing. Uh, This is in verse 16. I say unto you, can you imagine to yourselves that you hear the voice of the Lord saying unto you in that day, in that judgment day, come unto me, ye blessed, for behold, your works have been the works of righteousness upon the face of the earth. In other words, can you imagine, sight, that at judgment you will hear, hearing, the voice of God saying to you, you did a good job. Your works have been the works of righteousness. And that, like that first question, is kind of a hard-hitting, soul-searching question. Elder Klebingat of the 70 a couple of years ago in conferences, October 2014, started his talk by asking this, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your spiritual confidence before God? Do you have a personal witness that your current offering as a Latter-day Saint is sufficient to inherit eternal life? Can you say within yourself that Heavenly Father is pleased with you? What thoughts come to your mind if you had a personal interview with your Savior one minute from now? Would sins, regrets, and shortcomings dominate your self-image? Or would you simply experience joyful anticipation? Would you meet or avoid his gaze? Would you linger by the door or confidently walk up to him? That's a beautiful talk. The rest of it talks about if you don't feel like you answer yes to those questions, which none of us feel like we can answer yes to every one of those questions, then what do you do to gain that spiritual confidence? And he gives six really good uh, principles in there to help us gain spiritual confidence. But those questions seem very similar to this question. If you were in front of God right now, if you knew that you were meeting him, you get a call from the executive secretary asking you to meet with the bishop and you get kind of nervous about it because you're afraid you're going to be called to, I don't know, the CTR 7 teacher. But what if you got a call from the prophet of God saying, the Savior Jesus Christ would like to meet you. He's right outside your house. Will you open the door and let him in? What would you feel then? And can you imagine him walking in and saying, you're doing a good job? The next sense of, is the sense of touch. Um, And this comes from these questions of, are your hands pure? Are your garments white? Or have you been cleansed through the blood of the lamb? These questions, these really tangible questions of, can you feel this? Especially that hands one. Mm -hmm. I like that one. It's kind of, you know, you you have that, you can feel when your hands are clean. I like thinking of that one. Are your garments white? These, you can feel when when your clothes are dirty. Yeah. Well, even just, you got back from, from this trip right with to new york and you get back and the first thing you want to do is take a shower because you just felt like you had travel clothes Mm -hmm. right vacation you guys know that feeling right and how do we get cleansed i used to have to i I worked for my my dad in a pizza restaurant growing up and 
I always felt like my hands were were covered with something. Like I'd cut the onions, I have to go back and wash my hands and take a plate of food out, wipe down a table and I have to go back and wash my hands. I washed them 20 or 30 times during a work day. And I developed from that almost this complex that I can sense when my hands are dirty. I can sense when there's something on them and it. I can't think of anything else. <laughs> I was going to say, well, he's a little obsessive about his clean yeah, hands. Definitely. So you might be a bad example of this one. But, but, but the spiritual corollary <laughs> is, do your are your hands clean? Are they pure? Do you constantly worry about your your sins, your guilt, the thing that's putting dirt or mud on your spiritual hands? Or do you have a conscience that's free? Do you feel clean? And the reason why I like this one, or I guess the, the verse I read that made me like this a lot more is when I answer those questions, that's a very <laughs> a, a very um, painful question to be asked. Are my hands pure? Are my garments white? Because of course my hands aren't pure all the way. And of course my garments aren't white all the way. And so I really liked how Alma phrased the question in verse 27. Have you walked keeping yourself blameless before God? Which to me, the answer is no, I haven't. Could you say if you were called to die at this time within yourselves that you have been sufficiently humble? Again, no, I can't. That your garments have been cleansed and made white through the blood of Christ, who will come to redeem his people from their sins. And to that question, I can say, yeah, I actually do feel like I'm being cleansed. I don't have white clothes. I don't have clean hands, but I do feel like my clothes and my hands are being cleaned. Like I'm a little bit more spotless today than I was yesterday. I just like these examples as we've been talking about this because I've never thought of it on that level of the way that we feel cleanliness Mm -hmm. and what a great um, example that they're using here to really help us tangibly feel that that clean feeling i yeah. guess is is all i can say to it well in fact the the next sense that we noticed and i don't know if this doesn't qualify as one of the five senses in fact i read an article just recently that said humans have more like 20 different senses so maybe this is one of those other senses but alma does talk a lot about feelings um for example in verse 14 have you experienced this mighty change of heart In verse 26, there's a lot of feeling questions, and we've read a couple of them already, but behold, I say unto you, my brethren, if you have experienced or felt this change of heart, if you have felt to sing the song of redeeming love, I would ask you, can you feel so now? Reminds me a lot of the way that people felt after King Benjamin's sermon. They said in Mosiah chapter 5, Um, we feel a mighty change in our hearts so that we have no more disposition to do evil, but to do good continually. Alma later on in chapter 36, will talk about his own conversion and he will talk about feeling this change of heart so that he wants to, with the angels of God, praise God for what he's done for him. Again, this isn't, I sing because I am clean. It's I'm singing the song of redeeming love. I'm singing because God has made me clean. And because I feel that cleanliness, it makes me want to sing. It makes me want to shout. I also think it's kind of that call to repentance a little bit. Um, that, have you? do you feel redeemed? It's not a past tense. It's not, did you feel that 20 years ago? Did you feel that 10 years ago? It really makes me feel 
like it's an action. Do you feel this? Are you participating in in the work of Jesus Christ and allowing him to cleanse you on a daily basis? Do you feel that? And do you remember that? And are you going to continue to experience that? Let's get away from only working on these one past experiences that we've had, but make them this week, I felt now. this. Now, do you feel so I now? I felt this yesterday. I feel this right now. Yes. Um, President Benson, this is a pretty famous quote, but it's one of my favorites. He says this, When you choose to follow Christ, you choose to be changed. The Lord works from the inside out. The world works from the outside in. The world would take people out of the slums. Christ takes the slums out of people and then they take themselves out of the slums. The world would mold men by changing their environment. Christ changes men who then change their environment. The world would shape human behavior, but Christ can change human nature. And then he gives this list of ways that someone can tell if they have been changed, if they have been redeemed. He says, their will is swallowed up in his will. They do always those things that please the Lord. Not only would they die for the Lord, but more important, they would want to live for him. Enter their homes and the pictures on their walls, the books on their shelves, the music in the air, their words and acts reveal them as Christians. They stand as witnesses of God at all times and in all things and in all places. They have Christ on their minds and they look unto him in every thought. They have Christ in their hearts as their affections are placed on him forever. Almost every week they partake of the sacrament and witness anew to their eternal Father that they are willing to take upon them the name of his Son, always remember him, and keep his commandments. And and there we have again all of these senses that we've Mm. talked about. Just again what he said here. Um, They stand as witnesses. Um, They have Christ on their minds. They're thinking about him. They're looking unto him. He's in their hearts. He's in their hearts. Um, And I think we can't underestimate the power of really experiencing all those senses. The Spirit speaks to everyone in different ways, but I also think He can speak to to us in all the ways. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Let yourself feel the Spirit and feel the love of Jesus Christ in these ways. Now, there's a lot more questions, and you'll get more in your own personal study and have a much richer experience. In fact, I'd advise you, if this motivated you at all, turn us off Go back to Alma 5 and do your own study. Mark the questions. And after you mark a question, stop and ask yourself the question. Write about it. Think about it. Take it question by question, verse by verse. If Alma chapter 5 takes you months or years to work your way through because you're wrestling with these questions, good. Especially if each day you can feel a little bit more cleansed. Alma felt that way. His testimony at the end of this, and we remember who this Alma is. Remember, this is Alma the Younger. He says this, verse 45, this is not all. Do you not suppose that I know of these things for myself? Can you imagine Alma the Younger standing up there saying, I know what I'm talking about. I know what it feels like to not stand before God and be worthy. I know what it feels like to be burdened down or chained down by guilt. He says, I testify unto you that I do know these things whereof I have spoken are true. I know it. And I'll say that I know it too. Um, I don't feel white and I don't feel pure and I don't feel clean all the time. 
But I do feel to sing the song of redeeming love that Christ cleanses me, that he heals me, that bit by bit he's changing my nature to want good things and to want to be a good thing. And so I, I line up in these questions. I'm in the middle of it. And I think we all kind of are. And there's power in not giving up, but in believing that Christ can make that difference for us. And just continued on here in Alma, he says, he's saying again, I say unto you, they are made known unto me by the Holy Spirit of God. Behold, I fasted and prayed many days that I might know these things of myself. And I do know of myself that they are true. For the Lord God hath made them manifest unto me by his Holy Spirit. And this is the spirit of revelation which is in me. And that invitation is open to all of us, that we can all experience exactly those things that we talked about today and that Alma talks about and invites us all to do. Well, thank you for studying with us. We hope that this was beneficial to you and hope that it begins a study. In fact, we hope that all of our episodes begin a meaningful scripture study for you, for your family, for those that you love and that, you, uh, that you're interested in teaching. We've loved studying with you and we will see you next episode.